I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, everybody, welcome back into in-game live right here on SportsGrid. I'm Dane Martinez. He is Jared Smith. And we tour around the world of sports, putting the fun in functional sports content. By the way, Jared, your uh, your haircut is keeping it tight. You know, this was obviously a focus from last week. It sounds like you've been getting good positive feedback, huh? Yeah, I got the little swirl going up here. I kept it long up top, high fade. Nothing like our boy Carver. Did you see Carver's haircut? Holy moly. Yeah. It's I like did. there's like nothing here, and then it's just like a poof on top. I call that the Carver High fade. Hey, the Carver High. Like it. Well, here's the thing for me, though. You know, like I got a cut, I got a haircut today. No one wants to talk about that one, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah, and I love it, but I'm going to refrain from commenting on your hair at all times. <laughs> Fair <laughs> I'm just saying, it's big news when Jared gets a haircut. It's big news for Carver High. I can, you know, I'm trying to keep it going. Trying to get a little love here. Exactly. In any event, you know, I bring that up again, Jared, because we have been talking about here, you know, we are coming out with the pandemic, you know, even New York City, where you and I was the last place in the country to go ahead and get into phase one. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the Texas state governor saying, yep, we're going to have 25% of fans real soon. Um, You know, golf is back this week. We've got word that MLS is coming back. And it made me, you know, long for sports. And then I thought this piece of news was really interesting. Governor Murphy in New Jersey, Jared, is saying that he's hopeful that, you know, three months from now when the football season is going on, Jets and Giants, that Jets and Giants fans will be able to be in the stands come the fall. I think that is very, very interesting. Are you confident about that? Are you optimistic about that? Is that something you want to happen? How does that mess with the three-point home field advantage that we hang lines of? What do you read about this news, you know, when Texas has said it already and now maybe even the epicenter is talking about fans. I think we're going to be there eventually, and I think that's the goal is to get back to that point where we are not talking about how sports are different after corona. We're talking about how it's back to the same. And I've obviously the leagues and the teams want it. I mean, butts in the seats equals money in people's pockets. So I have zero doubt in my mind that these governors, these entities, these public officials will be pushing for that in a safe way, but they will be pushing for that 
because we have to get back to life eventually. So I'm happy that we're talking about it now in June, because if we're talking about it in June, hopefully the wrinkles and the creases can get ironed out. We've got three months to do so. The NFL season does not start until June or September 12th. And this is June 13th. So we're three right. mo- you got three months to figure it out. And yes, I'm glad that the rhetoric now is positive. Can it change in a moment's notice? Of course. The stock market on Thursday was down heavily uh, because of fears that things are coming back. And I think after the unrest that we've had in our country over the last yeah. two weeks, the numbers have nowhere to go but up. How much up they go and where they get capped, where they're not overrunning the hospital system is the key. We, we are prepared now more so than we are in the past for increased numbers, but we can't have another wave of this. And if we do, then that obviously will change the rhetoric. But for now, the rhetoric's good, and, and, and I hope it stays positive. Am I going to be going to a Jets-Giants game? I didn't go to them pre-corona. I, I'm probably not going to be going to them post-corona. I have better things to do with my time on Sundays, like hosting game live with you fine people. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and in general, that's where I'll be spending my time. But, yes, I do hope I can attend an event somewhere this fall, whether it's uh, uh, another college event or something, yeah. uh, I'd like that. But I'm just glad the rhetoric right now is positive. Fair enough. You know, and, and here's the thing. We've talked about this before. I remember saying uh, a couple weeks ago when governor of Texas said, yeah, 25%. We also had like the Formula One racetrack guy who ran that be like, nah, I'm not so sure, right? You and I have talked about how reasonable people can feel their own comfort level. We've talked about, you know, in the NBA, the idea of, you know, uh, concerns with family members being in the bubble with Major League Baseball. One of the other sticking points is this idea of the acknowledgement of risk that's going on and the kind of service time if they decide to opt out. And I'm really, you know, I thought it was very interesting that you then couched this all with if you would go or not, right? And we've had this conversation before. If you or I would get on the New York City subway, you got a haircut from Herman last week, right? In open air. And I thought, you know, it's really interesting, and there's such a wide variety of opinions out there. So, Jared, I draw your attention to something I thought was interesting. There was this poll of uh, doctors in the New York Times uh, this week, and Darren Ravel put it out. I thought it was interesting because they had all sorts of behaviors, right? Everything from going to a doctor to having a vacation to having a picnic outdoors to riding the subway, working in an office. And... They broke it down in things that, like, you would be willing to do, come back, right, this summer. I know you said, like, we can't be in our caves forever. Then there's this next horizon of things that, you know, they thought mostly it would take three to 12 months to kind of return to. And then another time horizon was over a year. And as you look at this poll right now, you know, things that were ready to do this summer. Get a haircut was the the winner there, right? 41%. You agree. You've been doing that. I'm still shaving my own head, but I've been doing that anyway, right? (laughs) Then in the kind of three to 12 months horizon, maybe people are more willing to do these other things, have a picnic, send the kids back to school, which is clearly a huge one with summer camps, summer camps on the horizon. You know, 55% of these people said that maybe in three to 12 months, but not necessarily this summer, right? Um, Kids on play dates, riding the subway. And then there was all the ones that the majority of people thought it was going to be over a year until they felt comfortable doing it, Jared. Things like attending a wedding, things like shaking hands as a greeting, things like stopping wearing your own face covering. And Jared, look at what was dead last in this entire poll. And by dead last, I mean the highest percent of people that said it would be at least a year until they feel comfortable doing so. And it was attend a sporting event, a concert, something like that, one of your big old gatherings. So contrast this kind of poll data, which is just one source, right? And just however, whatever the sample size was, with the idea of what the governor is hopeful for and what you're hopeful for, you know, the idea of maybe being allowed, but are people gonna show up? In the same way that we talked about Major League Baseball, but are the players gonna show up? I think it's really interesting. So 489 people answered the attend a sporting event. 1% said never again, which by my math means two people. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like three. Never again. What? What? Wow. 
And three um, people, but three out of 489 say, yeah, I'm ready to go. And I, I don't know if I'm that close myself. I, I would say I'm more in the middle of that. Um, sure. I'm not on either extreme for sure. Fair, fair. I, I think this summer, when does the summer end? Is it Labor Day? Because we might get a chance to horizon is three to 12 months, right? So Labor I would Day. put that right there as Labor Day. And here's yeah. the other context, you know. We've talked about the long-term impact here. One of the things, for example... Jared, that the NBA is still figuring out, right, is what the salary cap will be for future years, right? And that's based off the BRI for future years, which is based off the attendance in these games in future years. So these have to be data points that people are looking at when figuring out some of these return to play details also. I, I agree. I think the future year situation is difficult. I just think that I, I'm shocked that there's 1% of people. And again, it is a small sample size, but yeah. I, I I mean, now, the it more interesting to me number like to me. It sounds like the 32%, am I right? Like three to 12 months? I Yes, I agree. Okay. Um, I I think, to be perfectly honest with you, if, if, if it's like a small game that no one's there, if you're telling me that there's like, like, let's say like the Major League Baseball players all went to Central Park and played a softball game, I'd go sit there and watch them right now, today, right? I'd walk outside yeah. my door and go watch. Yeah. So, uh, I think the venue and the situation is is obviously factored in here. Uh, I, I would say I'm in the 3% category if it's socially distant and there's less than 100 people at the game. If it's a giant venue like the big house and there's 100,000 people, maybe I'm more towards the 3 to 12. What about any kind of indoor arena, Jared? Indoor arena, indoor I arena. think that's where, yeah, no, that's that's where that's I would I would probably be a little more hesitant. 32%. Right? Yeah, exactly. Whereas like if, if someone said, I got tickets for you for in or in in Disney World for this NBA coming back. Well, if I'm the only fan, and I've said this too, <laughs> we did a segment on this, and I wish, I wish this was a reality. It's not, but it should be. Super fan for one team. I want the golden ticket. I want the fans to do a golden Willy Wonka golden ticket. Be the one fan that gets to go to the game. All of the whatever. That's awesome. Absolutely. Why haven't they thought of this? <laughs> they could auction off the ticket. I bet Dave Portnoy would pay boatloads for it. I, I, I'm surprised that they haven't. And I understand that there's some safety regulations, but we're talking about one person. Are you telling me that they can't figure out a way to get one person safely into an arena and watch a sporting event? So I, I think I would basically get mannequins and sex dolls in. Yeah, exactly. We got Snorlax behind the plate of KBO. We can't get like so. I, I think overall they're missing an opportunity here to give. It's isn't that a great story? I'm I, I'm shocked that the television executives have not pleaded with any of the leagues to include like uh you know like the golden ticket promotion for you can even probably do more you probably could really get away with more than one but at the one's cooler if you're the only one at the game i mean that's i would pay money for that i don't know how much money i don't have that much but it, yeah i'm probably more in the in the 32% category for sporting events i i'm surprised here's a number that stood out to me though uh hug or shake hands when greeting a friend, 6%, never again. That's the highest of the never again right. that I saw. Maybe people are going to adopt. I told you, I'm going to greet you with a little namaste next time I see Almost. you. So maybe that's the new one. Nah, man. Do one of these? Oh, I like that. Hey, I, I'm yeah. very zen. I'm very zen like you. Listen, I, like that. I like that. I mean, you know, the handshake came from like olden days where you had to shake hands to show that you didn't have like a, a weapon hidden in your sleeve. That's what it's about. That's the same thing. You love the casinos. What do you think when dealers clap and show their hands? It's the same thing, right? So the sh the handshake literally came from olden times, like when the people were dueling. So maybe it is a relic of the past. What I do think is interesting though is, all right, there's what, 70,000 capacity at MetLife, right? let's say 65, 70,000, if they say that they'll let 20,000 people in, you want to be one of those 20,000? Well, I wouldn't go to a football game anyways. I think the better ask for me would be, let's say Penn State, uh, let, let 20,000 people in a happy valley. I would consider it. I yeah. would. Um, I hear you. I'll tell you what I and here's why I'd consider it. If it's the first game back, <laughs> I'd consider it. I here and we can get into this after the break because I think this is a there's a there's an ethos to this that as sports fans we aren't thinking about yet because we're not in that moment. 
But when we're watching the first game with fans back on TV, trust me, you'll feel it because you feel it when you watch these guys stand up for the national anthem right. and, and, and you feel that excitement. That The question is, Jared, when you feel it, are you going to turn around and high-five the guy next to you when they score a touchdown? We'll talk about it, but we got to go to break. We'll come back. It's in-game live. We'll talk about it some more after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, everybody, to In Game Live, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. Jared and Dane talking about this, like, you know, maybe, and, and you're right, Jared, this is three months from now. Think about where we were three months ago. Yeah. And the ups and downs that could still come. Right. Whether the summertime helps us out, we knock it out with socially distancing. There are states around this country that are spiking right now. We don't know about a fall wave or not. So there's clearly a lot of things that can still happen between now and, say, week one of the college football season or the NFL season. But it is intriguing to me, Jared, you know, because. What can happen by regulation and still the pulse of individuals and whatever their own personal risk tolerance is, is an interesting point to me. But then also in the NFL, traditionally, home field advantage is three points. Do you think how are they going to how are they going to do that if stadiums are half full or if, you know, in this pandemic times, you think they're going to, you know, en masse change that three points? Yeah, I that's actually probably the toughest question I've been tackling thinking about these games. I've also asked this to handicappers uh, and to odds makers. 
Yeah. And they also are struggling with it. I mean, and that's the other side to this you have to think about. If we're struggling with it uh, as handicappers, you would imagine the odds makers are struggling with it too. It's been pretty baseline across the board. Uh, three for home right. field. I would say that there's some teams in college I've seen get three and a half. I think Penn State's one of them um, because their home field is that much more enticing. And obviously sure. that team uh, would be hurt more if there's no fans, a team that would be getting an extra half point. I would certainly uh, look at Penn State a little bit differently, uh, especially considering their toughest game is at home this year against Ohio State. And that game in November would be in my I eyes. I like get the Lions in here. <laughs> right I always get them in there. I know. I, I like always it. get them in. Like uh, but you know what? They are one of the only, and this is a confirmed thing. I've asked several bookmakers. They are one of, I believe, I think Michigan's another one. I think Ohio State is as well that get three in the hook. Uh, and I and LSU at night. Actually, I take it back. Michigan's not on that list anymore. Uh, at least Take the handicapper that I on a Thursday night in Blacksburg. Yeah, no, I haven't heard that one. I've heard LSU at night and right. Penn State and Ohio State are the three that get the extra hook. Uh, at, for the three and a half for being at home, and Penn State's only white out night games, obviously. Fair, 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 fair. Um, and same thing with LSU, the night game at LSU, and I there might be a time constraint with Ohio State. Maybe Ohio State's not on that list. Maybe it's just those two teams at night that get the hook. I don't know. I have to confirm. Uh, with my guy that 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 does those calculations for me, but I, I think overall, uh, I, yeah, it's going to take it's going to have an effect. It's just a matter of what's the quantifiable I, number and, and how, how to get do, ahead of it exactly. And how do we? Exactly, yeah, you read my mind. Uh, you know? I, I don't know the answer to that question right now. Unfortunately, that is going to have to be put into the box of things we can't handicap yet. And obviously, that box gets bigger with each passing day. With every piece of news that gets put into the world we as handicappers think of how can I get ahead of this and bet on a team that it will benefit and unfortunately I don't have those answers right now uh, but I'm certainly searching for them and once I find them you know where I'll be right here on in game live you know and and again there's tea leaves to read potentially in other sports now I don't know how much that translates right but by the time the NFL goes off We'll see potentially Major League Baseball being played in home parks, right? We'll see maybe after the MLS tournament and when they return to their home parks uh, for the for the season after the tournament. So maybe there'll be a little piece of data points out there for the books to figure out how much to attribute a 25% capacity uh, crowd. But it is going to be very interesting. You know, that's one thing the NFL will have to take into account. But all these safety protocols are another, Jared, and they kind of came out with a laundry list of them. Remember a few weeks back we were talking about the NBA and it was like they got to disinfect their sneakers every day and like only four people at a time and you couldn't be rebounding the balls directly, stuff like that. And we've seen this in baseball, how they're going to switch out the balls all the time. Well, the NFL announced a lot of things as well. And what's interesting to me is just the sheer volume, Jared, like an NFL roster is 53 players. Right. Like an NBA sure. roster is 12. You know, a Major League Baseball one is 25 or will be expanded. But by definition, a football team coming together is 53 players, which is already a lot more than you had, obviously, the support staff and the personnel. So here are some of the highlights that I saw of kind of these uh, policies, for lack of a better term, in the pandemic. Locker rooms are going to be kind of reconfigured so that it's six feet apart, right? You know this, like you're not gonna be just sitting next to somebody in the locker. Meetings are gonna be conducted mostly virtually whenever possible. They're gonna disinfect, you know, football also has more equipment than most sports, Jared. You know, the shoulder pads, the helmets, all that stuff has to be, um, you know, disinfected or cleaned, wiped down, however they're gonna do it. And this one I think is interesting. They are gonna limit 15 people to a room. Now. Jared, like, how does the defense have a team meeting then? It's got to be virtually, right? I know in the last few years, something that I have seen is the increase of VR glasses being used for injured players, to players to be able to get virtual reps. And we're going to see a lot of that. There's others as well. You know, we talked about the no joint practices. We talked about the team facility. You can't go abroad or whatever for the training camp. Does anything strike your fancy here to react to? Or you think it's just like, this is going to be par for the course. This is the way it is. I think the idea of spreading out the locker room with 53 dudes is not easy. 
No, it's definitely not easy. Um, but it had unfortunately that's that that's what these protocols call for. I, I mean, I I think it's a little bit overstated because you know at the end of the day you're testing these guys so much. Do you really have to separate them too? They're obviously negative if you're testing them as much as you're going to be. Uh, so you know once they're negative, social distancing isn't as important. The part the reason we socially distance is because yep. we don't know if. People are asymptomatic carriers. Right. They don't. We got to hope the that, testing is reliable and plentiful and, and at that point. Obviously, that's part of it as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's okay that the protocols are in place. I'll say this about the protocols we've seen. And again, to me, this is why I'm happy that other sports are starting first, mm-hmm. because I think there are other sports in our world that are better fit to get the party started, so to say, for mm-hmm. lack of a better word, the individual sports, the sports yeah. that have less overhead golf, outdoor sports, yeah, being the main one I'm watching right now, the PGA, <laughs> you know, so I, I, I'm happy that all of the caddies, all of the players tested negative on the course during the practice rounds. From what I read, from what I heard, there was no social distancing. They were just going about their business. I think we're going to hear a lot of policies that are being put in place but my guess is when push comes to shove and these guys really get put in the locker rooms, there's not going to be as much social distancing as we are hearing about now in the written policy. Uh, I just don't think it's a possibility considering all of the things that players do to not socially distance. The sport itself is built yeah. on in a phone booth. I mean, that's literally... Yeah, so it is a I, contact I, sport. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I just think overall, it, it like so, we're, so we're telling me that they can knock their heads in on the practice field, but then they go back in the locker room and they have to be six feet apart. Like, who cares? Like, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. Now, as people that are on the other side of it, we want to hear that the NFL is doing everything in their power to keep everyone safe. But at the end of the day. These guys are knocking their their, their jock straps off on the field. They go in the locker room. Who cares if they're four feet apart instead of six feet? Like honestly, uh, who are we kidding here? That's it's not going to prevent the spread of this disease if it's if they're on the field and they're and they're hitting each other anyways. So, but what about trainers, equipment managers? You know, you know, they're touching the equipment. They have to, and they have to be tested, and they have to be negative. But. You can't have an equipment manager that socially distance himself from the equipment that he has to put on the players to keep them safe. It just, we we have to get past this, everyone has to stay six feet apart mentality because we can't live any kind of a normal life under that assumption. Yes, for the most part, if you don't know someone and, and you're walking by them on the street, probably best not to give them an elbow as you're walking by. But these are people that work together very closely every day. It's a contact sport. Eventually, we need to say sayonara to social distancing because it's just not practical in the sport of football. I hear you. Um, And I don't disagree with that as a premise, right? I think, though, like when and how, you know, are very, very interesting questions that reasonable people can differ, right? It is a a personal thing around your own risk tolerance, but here for their job and profession, this is what they have to do. If you feel like you're at risk, then you don't go to work. And that's a decision a lot of people will make. And that's a personal oh, choice. Think about it. Everyone you know. has a right Absolutely. to make. In the month of March and April here in this city, people had to make personal decisions about their work life versus going out there to risk their health. Jared, there's a reason I was out on my fire escape banging a cowbell for grocery store workers for a month and a half, right? Agreed. And it was because of this exact kind of calculation where there was no easy answer, right? You know, you're backed into a corner doing something you may not want to do, but you realize you have There's to do. There's people that the for a living, they they get in a little little thing on the side of a building and they get wheeled up to the top of a hundred story building and they clean windows. I mean, they're they putting their lives at risk, Rona right. or not, every day to do their job. People are going to have to make similar decisions that are not what you would consider at-risk jobs like a window washer of a skyscraper. But the, that's just part of life. Unfortunately, that is the hand that we're being dealt. We have this nefarious disease that continues to bubble up in certain areas. We can't see it. We can't hear it. We can't detect it until we already have it. And that's just part of the risk now of life in America, life in the world. It's just 
something you as a human being will have to make your decision what your risk tolerance is and how involved you want to get in society as a whole. And that decision will be how you make your hay. If an NFL player says, I don't want to be around this anymore. I'm going to get this disease. I'm going to bring it home. They have every right to, to not play anymore. I mean, that's absolutely their right. Yep, absolutely. The question that we talked about at the top of the show is, does someone have the right to tell you that information for you? But another thing here in the NBA that we saw, uh, excuse me, for the NFL, is, you know, they're going to, organize the personnel into different tiers, players, coaches, trainers, and they kind of, you know, will have more access to the facility. Other folks like your conditioning coaches, some of your trainers, you know, they may have limited access as well, trying to keep, you know, the most important employees, I guess the players and athletes on the field, the most protected, right? With the tier three being like, you know, stadium security personnel, in-house media and the like. So it will be interesting. And you're right. Football will have the opportunity to follow the blueprint of other sports that will in fact get out there first. All right. When we come back on the other side of the break, we go on the field. There is one player who I think can definitely move the needle that says, you know, when we come up, I might not show up, not because of COVID, but because of that money. We'll tell you who and how we react to it when we come back. It is in-game live. We're giving you the edge on SportsGrid. Come on right back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Welcome back in, everybody. In-game live right here on Sports Grid. I'm Dane. He's Jared. And we've been looking at what the NFL season may look like. We've been talking about all sorts of protocols, NBA head coaches wearing masks, the disinfectant of shoulder pads in the NFL, changing baseballs out after every pickoff attempt. You know, it is going to be a brave new world that we are in. I got to tell you the truth, Jared. You know, like last weekend when there was a UFC 250 going on, I got to tell you, the people in the arena for UFC, the trainers, the staff, the cut men, they were all wearing masks. And then I saw a picture you put out from the casinos in Vegas where there was not a mask to be seen. You know, it's like the UFC event was the safest place to be in all of Vegas. You see the the, the one the one video I saw on one of the websites and went Twitter, Bleach Report, something tweeted it out. The guy with the full mask on at the at the at the at the slot machine, and he was trying to smoke a cigarette through the mask, <laughs> and he like it was like it was like some like weird warped Popeyes thing when he was trying to smoke the pipe through like the yeah. thing. Uh, it, listen, I I understand that the masks were being told to wear them. I am in full support of wearing them, especially if it's proven that it's going to help not spread this virus. Um, I don't think every person is going to share. Now, again, you, you might feel healthy and you might be like, I don't need to wear a mask. I'm healthy. You're not wearing the mask for the health effects. You're wearing the mask because when you walk into somewhere, another building, and other people see you wearing a mask, it gives them a sense of calm that, you know, there's no loose cannons anywhere. And when, you know, so you're doing it for other people. And obviously, some people have more and less empathy towards others. That's been proven. So I, I personally don't think I have to wear a mask, but I wear a mask because I know it makes my fellow New Yorkers feel more safe and secure. And that's why I do it. I don't do it for me. I do it for them. So I encourage everybody, the government, our officials, our governor, everyone saying wear a mask. You might not need it, but someone else might feel a little more safe being out in public if you are wearing it. And I know that there's some people that are selfish in the world just wear the stupid mask. I know it's hot. You can't breathe. Trust me. You don't think 225-pound Jared walking through the sweaty streets of New York doesn't want to take his mask down every few blocks? And I do sometimes. I'm not perfect. But overall, it's not for you. It's for other people. That's why you should wear a mask. No doubt. I got to tell you, though, it seems like it's now, like, becoming cool to rock the mask on your chin. And I'm not with I that. do that a lot. I'm not I, with that, Jared. It's if you hot, it, then don't wear the mask at all, then. Then don't wear the mask at all. But rocking it down low, like it's a chin strap, is a little something different. I was also, I was also sitting next to like an eight-year-old kid the other day, and I, I wanted no part of this snotty, sniveling little mess playing with his match car, matchbox cars, and I was like, ah, get away from me, bro. But in any event, I digress. Not because of the social distancing. But someone who may not show up to camp is Dalvin Cook. We have been getting, you know, news all week about Dalvin Cook that, one, he ain't showing up. Okay, we heard earlier in the week there were some demands maybe about a Christian McCaffrey-level contract. He sort of backed off some of that, saying, nah, 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 you give me 13 mil, I'll take it. Sounds good to me. But the question remains, like, because this could be an issue, you know, I want to ask it to you this way, Jared. We've said this before. We've talked about this before with Le'Veon Bell, Melvin Gordon, Ezekiel Elliott. You and I, I believe, are on the same page about, you know, allocation of assets and team construction at the running back position. And we talked about this. We knew this was coming up. We said it was coming up, you know, for guys like Saquon, for guys like Joe Mixon, and for Dalvin Cook. And I, I believe we said, are they worth it? You know, are they above the line? to get that second contract at big time market value. When on the flip side, you see more and more teams going with the committee approach, not tying up so much money in one player, even if that player is elite. What do you think? And I've asked you to put your GM hat on a number of times. Sure. You My are now the hat. Vikings. GM. You are now the Vikings GM. Are you playing hardball with Dalvin cook? I don't know if hardball is the right word. But I'm definitely not in a position to negotiate right now. First of all, Dalvin's never played a full season in the NFL. Okay. So let's just chill with the opening up of the checkbook. Okay. And you want to say, well, Christian McCaffrey just got paid. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey played 16 games and had one of the most statistically 
obscure seasons in NFL history. And I am not taking anything away from the strength, the skill, the dexterity, and the future of Dalvin Cook. It is bright. But I just don't think the Vikings should be negotiating with anybody right now because they don't need to. And if Dalvin wants to hold out, that speaks volumes about where he is and what he feels like he deserves. I think there's a difference between asking and doing. For example, my first job, I got an offer and I asked for more money. I didn't get it. I still showed up for work the first day. I think it's okay for Dalvin to ask. I think it's okay for Dalvin to bluff and say he's going to hold out. But, and again, we won't know this until August-ish, July-ish. But when push comes to shove, I believe Dalvin will show up for work on time and on target. Because I think deep down Dalvin knows that he really doesn't have a lot of of negotiating clout here. Uh, He's under contract not only for another year, but then the fifth-year option. And right. he's it's the left bell situation, right? Games. Yeah, but he didn't have but Bell had that early success with no injuries, if I believe, right? Yeah, if I believe get he tore his ACL, he has suspension for marijuana. In his first two seasons? He tore his he tore his knee up, yeah. He played 16 games in 2014. I think in 2015 is when he tore his knee up. And then in 2018 is when he held out. So it was a different. It was framed like differently. Dane. For a week, it was a year suspension. five that he held out. This is year three, right? This is Dalvin's third year, right? He played one season where he got hurt very badly. He only played four games. All right, I apologize. This is his fourth season. He is one year behind where Le'Veon Bell held out. Le'Veon Bell held out in his fifth season when he when they wanted to make him the when they wanted to basically so franchise the, him essentially. So he's a year ahead of where this is Le'Veon. The same timeline as Zeke then, then right? Similar, and Zeke got paid. Different ownership group in Dallas. Fair. I don't think Ziggy Wilf is willing to open up the checkbook like Jerry Jones is. And I think Dalvin also needs to read his own tea leaves and understand that, that he is playing for an owner that has historically not given the big contracts right. to. Granted, he just gave one to Kirk Cousins, which was a very intriguing That's contract where I go. to begin with. That's and obviously... Dalvin deserves to have a little bit of FOMO with that. Yes. And, and that is his only negotiating tactic in my eyes. Yes. And we'll see if it falls on deaf ears. And that's where I was going to go. Because if you look at some of the other quotes Good out place, of Dalvin, though. right? He's on some like, I don't think this should be a pass-heavy team. I don't think this is driven by Kirk Cousins. I'm the engine here. And I think it's really interesting, okay? Because he was the engine for the Vikings early in the season last year. And then what happened, Jared, if you remember, Stefan Diggs started bitching and moaning about the same thing in reverse, right? Being like, wait a second, you got me and Adam Thielen. Why are we only giving the ball to Dalvin Cook? Now Diggs is gone. Now Cook is saying, wait a second. To me, honestly, talk to me about what you think this means for Kirk Cousins and his leadership in this locker room because, you know, wide receiver wasn't happy. Now running back's not happy. Running back wanted more money. Wide out wanted more money. Quarterback got more money, right? And now, I don't know. I think some of the things about Dalvin Cook chirping, in essence, is also kind of making it seem to me, at least, that he thinks he's the franchise player over their quarterback. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that statement. Um, I don't, I'm trying to look at who Dalvin's agent is, Zach Hiller Sports. So not a huge, big name agent, which gives me a little more faith that Dalvin's getting, you know, not junky type information from a Scott Boris type agent who's just money hungry. Uh, And I give a little more credence to Dalvin's comments I I agree with your statement that the Vikings do have to figure out what they are. Yeah. I will say this about Kirk Cousins. You can knock his physical tools as much as you want, but the reason he got that contract is because he's been nothing but an absolute, you know, model citizen for this Vikings team. Yeah, absolutely. And that's always been his MO. You're giving up that God-fearing man, right? That Kirk Cousins. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're, you're, you're giving up that Mahomes-like physical talent 
but you are gaining sure. a mental edge that Tom Brady like in terms of just an, a, a fierce competitor who is a leader of men. I don't think this, this is drifting into the Venn diagram that Stefan Diggs drifted okay. into. I don't think we're there yet. Could we get there? Of course, sure. Nothing's yeah. out of the equation. I mean, look at where we are now. I wouldn't be surprised sure. if, if Mothma emerged from the seas uh, at any given moment and, and just rained fire. Nothing is out of the realm of possibility in 2020. Yeah. Uh, but I don't equate this yet to Stefan Diggs. I okay. think at their core, the Vikings told you what they were this offseason. They traded Stefan Diggs. All so right. they gave you a glimpse into what their core should be. I think Rick Spielman has done a good job with this team. I am on them to make the playoffs this season at relatively even money. I think it's a very good division. I think it's a black and blue Norris type of division. And I think you have to have a guy like Dalvin Cook in order to be successful at Lambeau Field in yeah. December. So I don't have a problem with the Vikings giving Dalvin more now if you think he's part of your future. I just think they're a year away. I think next... And I think Dalvin knows that, too. I, I think at the end of the day, this is going to get resolved. I think the Vikings okay. are one year away from paying Dalvin Cook. And hopefully Rick Spielman can frame it that way and just say, Dalvin, listen, we know you're the man. Go out there this year and prove it, and you will get rewarded at the end of the season. We'll see what he says. So, listen, I think when you say they're one year away, that is very interesting to me, Jared, because maybe they, like, say, hey, just sit tight. We'll take care of you. Play out this one year. But I actually have a monkey wrench for you as the Vikings GM, okay? Listen to this. Dalvin Cook, sure. Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette, Kenyon Drake, Todd Gurley, Chris Carson, Aaron Jones, Marlon Mack, James Conner, Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, Matt Breida, James White, Kareem Hunt, Damian Williams. What do all 15 of those running backs have in common? They will also be unrestricted free agents at the end of this season. So, you know, it's going to be a buyer's market. For at the running back position for teams. So I want to talk to you about that. Could they kick the can down the road and then, you know, find another deal if Dalvin Cook wants to I have a good book? answer for you. At the I want to hear your answer, and I want to hear more context of some of these other guys that are on similar positions. Are any of them worth it? Will we start to hear them chirping as well? We'll do that to close out another edition of In Game Live. Come on back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in here to In Game Live. Dane and Jared, you know, we're talking about the Dalvin Cook situation. And, you know, I'm reminded, Jared, of a couple things. One, in our draft coverage, remember, I was talking about moving to, instead of the RBBC, to the RBB3. It seems like so many teams are now going with a three-headed monster, a la San Francisco, a la New England. We've seen Kansas City, beneficial teams doing this. The running game is still important, right? But the running back, the singular running back may not be. We're seeing a change, I believe, in not only the size of the committee, but in resource allocation, right, at the running back position. So these guys who may want to cash in with their big second contract, we don't know if the market is there. And then before break, I reeled off the name, Jared, of like 15 running backs that range from legit all pros, right? Like, Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, you know, to pro bowlers, James Conner, to quality backs, Marlon Mack, James White, to, you know, young ascending kids like Damian Williams. Next year, you're going to have your pick of the litter, you know, different strokes for different folks, different contracts, Todd Gurley, if you want to take a fresh start, you know. So is it prudent for the Minnesota Vikings to extend Cook now when, you know, it's a buyer's market down the road. It's it's not. And and unfortunately, the, the laws of supply and demand dictate otherwise. Right. And it's just that I think in general, and, and you, you were spot on with your analysis on draft night, and, and I think it's been slowly moving. I, I'm guessing you didn't just think of that on draft night. I'm guessing this has been something that's been bubbling you know over. What, I'll say this, Jared. It became, it became more obvious to me when the top backs on the board – the Swifts and the Taylors didn't go they first. They went to spots that already had entrenched. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor, like the Indianapolis Colts, Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines thought it prudent to spend their second round pick on Jonathan. Same thing with Edwards Hilaire. Absolutely. With the Chiefs. The Chiefs were another example. The Packers were another example with yeah. AJ Dillon. You and know, you're talking I'm, about the best teams in the NFL. Exactly. As opposed to, say, Miami, right, who had a need for a bell cow, and didn't, didn't take do it. Instead, they're like, we'll trade a fifth-round pick for Matt Breida. And I we'll think that shows for- where those teams are in their building, too. The, the running back position is like the cherry on top. The, exactly. You, you, you want to yes. draft the running back after the rest of your team is already set. Obviously, the Chiefs are— the corner either, right? Because you draft DeAndre Swift at 26 overall if you're Miami, and then three years from now, you're in this exact situation that the Vikings are in with Cook, yep. you know, that the Bengals will be in with Joe Mixon, and on and on and on. So I believe the resource allocation and team construction is huge here, Jared. I think the two things that you mentioned there that compare greatly to the Dalvin Cook situation, the first one is obviously the roster construction. Minnesota's roster is a little thin right now, actually, at running back. They could use a little bit of a boost in that department. Also, the contract situation, I think, is also very important here. It, you, you just this is, We are moving towards a league where the running backs are not valued under the same light. And unfortunately, Dalvin is going to be a victim of that. And that is, and and also Dalvin is a victim of it too because he was drafted very high. And so his expected, you know, output, whereas a guy that's maybe taken in the third or fourth round yeah. won't expect that kind of attention. That's another that's reason. That's Elliott issue. Yeah, that's exactly. First overall for, pick. You know, <laughs> that's why you're seeing guys get taken later and later in the draft. 
you know, and, and I think overall, like the Giants you know, are going to have to deal with this with Saquon coming up. And like, that's the next guy. And I even read an it, article. I read right? an article that said uh, that people were asking Ralph Vacchiano questions about the Giants. They said, should the Giants trade Saquon? I mean, the thing, right. He's obviously worth it, but it's still a piss poor yeah, strategic exactly. decision. That's why when they drafted him, at two, it was like, ah, he's a generational talent, but eh, you might handcuff yourself here. It's dumb to draft someone and then trade them in two years. That's that's not a winning strategy. Right. And and yes, the market might say, like it, when you buy a car, it loses its value the second it drives off the lot. The right. second Saquon Barkley was drafted second overall, that was the highest value you were ever like, he was ever going to be. Yep. He will never be worth a second overall pick ever again. It's just going right. to keep going down and down Same and with, down. Same with Leonard Fournette. And that's why, you know, people are going away. Remember, Edward Solaire, first off the board at number 32. And and he wasn't even the best running back in the right. class. He was right. drafted there because the Chiefs saw a specific right. role. Yeah, as that basically RB3, I would say. I mean, I don't even know if he's the RB2 there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that backfield. And I think the Chiefs are going to be a fa- so obviously the top. He's going as yeah. a top 10 fan or a top 15 fantasy. Basically back. an entire show we could probably That's do. That's a different Chiefs topic offense. for a different day. Uh, One I want to get back to Dalvin Cook, though, because I want to mention Rick right? Spielman. Yeah. I, I, I want to mention Rick Spielman. I, I think Rick Spielman factors into this. We know Ziggy Wilf is not the most, you know, he, he's a little more tight with the wallet. He did open up for Kirk Cousins. That's why I don't think they're going to do Cousins and Cook in the same offseason. But Spielman's handling of Adrian Peterson is worth mentioning here. AP had a very difficult situation in 2016 with the domestic violence, and people didn't think he was going to even play again. And it was Rick Spielman that was the first to offer his hand and bring him back into the Vikings family, obviously along with the ownership group and everyone else. But Spielman was the, the kind of negotiator in that you know, situation the facilitator in getting AP back. So that loyalty to me is one of those situations where I can see the Vikings making an under-the-move deal with, with Cook and say, listen, Dalvin, we love you. We want you to be a part of this family. We just can't do it now. So you have to trust us. I did this with AP. He trusted us. We got him back in the league. We got him back on the Vikings. We're going to get you back in the mix you just have to trust us. Spielman's a stand-up guy, former NFL player. The players relate to him. I think he will be able to smooth this out where we don't have another Melvin Gordon or Le'Veon Bell situation. And frankly, for my futures bet on the Vikings, I really hope he can. <laughs> uh, but I, but again, I'm using the precedent here to make my handicap. Sure. Spielman has a history of being able to fix these situations and I think he will do so again here. Okay, no, that is fair. Can I give you an alternate reality? Yes. I, that other teams I operated. Do, we know another, I give you the case study of Derrick Henry. Okay, at the end of his deal as well. Remember, he got franchised, okay? So he's a year advanced in the deal. I understand all that. And I've seen it before with running backs. When you're at the end of the contract, right? One thing they do sometimes, the team is they just chew you up and spit you out, Jared. You know, like, I fully expect Derrick Henry to be rode like a horse this year, and then the Titans will say, okay, thanks, and they'll go right to their third-round draft pick, Evans, right? Do you think it's possible that this is actually a benefit for Dalvin Cook's fantasy owners this year, uh, for prop bets for Dalvin Cook this year, under the same premise that maybe they know they got to squeeze all the orange out the juice, uh, all the juice out of the orange that they can, because they don't know if they're going to be still with Dalvin Cook in the future. I ask you that. He is going as running back five in ADP right now, okay? The fifth running back off the board. He is a first-round pick in fantasy drafts. I think that is, you know widely agreed and accepted going behind only, uh, you know, CMC, Saquon, Zeke Elliott, and Alvin Kamara, even ahead of Derrick Henry. But then I asked you about something else. There's prop bets on who will lead the league in rushing, Jared. And Dalvin Cook is the fifth choice at, I believe, 14 to 1. He's the sixth choice, excuse me, at 14 to 1 over on FanDuel behind all the names we just mentioned and Nick Chubb as well. I think there's a universe here where they, you know, ride them hard this year. Do you buy that? And would you, you know, 
lay some shekels on the positive side of prop bets for Dalvin Cook, fantasy forecast for Dalvin Cook. You want to talk about value? Yeah. Your value on Dalvin Cook will never be higher the day or week after news breaks that he might hold out. Right. So, so if you want to bet on an over for a guy, it, Warren Buffett came on, said he was selling all of his airline stock, and what right. do you know? He turned out to be right again. So I listen to everything he says, and his line that always resonates with me, and I know this will resonate with you, when there's blood in the streets, I know that's a brutal way of putting it, there, it's time to buy. And, and that's just the way of the world with gambling and with business. When you hear negative right. things and you see things that could go in the other direction, you buy the rumor, you sell the news. In right. this case, the line for Dalvin Cook's futures will undoubtedly go down after this news breaks. Well, if you are a futures market guy and you see it, that's when you buy it. And obviously, right. I'm not going to be investing heavily in this, but I am nibbling or at least attempting to look at nibbling at the Dalvin Cook futures over the next few days. I want to see how much movement there is, and I want to see what the ripple effects is of this news. I don't see we're going to see it. I don't think we're going to see it shoot right back up anytime soon. I think you have a week or two or at least a month until we get closer to training camp to buy in on this news. Mm -hmm. But don't wait too long uh, right. because eventually we're going to hear, I think, less and less rumblings from his camp. And that's when you sell the news, as they say. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let, let me ask on let me close out on this, OK, because we only got a couple of minutes left. I think it's very interesting for Dalvin Cook. But we brought up a whole other a lot of other names, right? We know Leonard Fournette and the Jaguars are already kind of having this back and forth. Derrick Henry has already been franchised. You brought up Saquon. We're getting ahead of the game. Should you trade Saquon? I mean, we've heard Joe Mixon talk already. We've heard Alvin Kamara talk already. We know Todd Gurley is getting this kind of like one-year prove-it deal, still trying to get paid from the Rams. Is just Is this just the new way of the world? Jared, is this the yes. way the kind of cycle just keeps turning yeah. when the running back knows the team is going to try and use them up and spit them out? The team knows that the running back knows they don't have value. And now we're talking about this like two years in advance. I mean, when, you know, has there been a world that we've lived in in the last five years where there hasn't been a running back holding out because of this? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it, it almost, and that's why I'm not looking too much into it as a detriment. And that's why I, again, you have to handicap mentality which is hard but I don't view the situation as as severe as I do Le'Veon Bell who's a little more out there mm. and again he's got more of the power agent as well and I just think overall Dalvin Cook understands the team aspect a little more maybe he respects it a little more sure. that's what I hope as someone yeah. with a Vikings ticket holder but if you're betting this from a numbers perspective you will never get better value on Dalvin Cook futures than you will now yeah, no, that makes sense. You know what? Here's what I want to do, because we got to tie a bow up on this, Chad. Tomorrow, I want to spend some time. There's 15 running backs here. We know what you think the situation is for Dalvin Cook. Every situation's a little bit different, but this running back, 2021, is going to be very, very interesting. We'll shine a light on this. We'll talk about MLS coming back. We've got more fantasy baseball to discuss. Yo, we got a lot to talk about, so come on back tomorrow. We'll start our thinking on the First race of the Triple Crown, which is the Belmont Stakes. We got a lot to discuss. We'll do it tomorrow. That wraps it up for today. Another episode of In Game Live with Jared and I in the books. We will see you guys tomorrow. Keep the edge. Stay on the grid. We'll see you tomorrow. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.